everybody, and welcome to another episode of Fry Dates with the Wife. In these episodes, my wife and I offer an entrepreneurial couple's perspective on living a more fulfilling and meaningful life. We share our little humble opinions and hopefully make you laugh as we navigate the ups and downs of being entrepreneurs and parents. And speaking of fulfillment, if you want to hire me as your coach, head over to robshowcoach.com, fill out an application, and we'll jump on the call to see if we are a good fit to help you create and design your dream life and business. That's robshowcoach.com. Before we get into today's Friday episode, our next Work Hard, Play Hard Mastermind event will be in Dubai and Abu Dhabi for the F1 race on November 16th to the 19th. These trips are designed to get you out of your day-to-day around some amazing entrepreneurs and provide bucket list experiences that will have you coming home re-energized to grow your business and bring your life to a whole new level. Head over to workhardplayhardexperience.com and fill out an application. Okay, let's jump into today's episode. Kimberly Dubai Murgatroyd, how are you? I am tired. (laughs) We just got back from Dubai. I'm still uh, adjusting shall we say. So, okay, this is not going to be a Dubai episode, but since I brought it up and you're tired uh, from travel and we're here, what's your thoughts on Dubai? You know, it was so... We've been now in Italy officially six months and it was our first time leaving the country and going somewhere new. And Dubai has been, as long as I've known you, on your vision board, quite literally as a bucket list destination. So I was really excited to do it. Obviously, we have the upcoming mastermind, but I have to say like it was it was really an incredible trip. I like Sophia, I've never heard Sophia. She's always sad to leave a vacation, but this one, she was devastated. She did not want to leave. It was like going to Disney. It was like Disney Dubai for her. Yeah, it's an interesting place. Um, and it's one of these places, I'm generally not at a loss for words, but it's, it's one of these places that coming up with the adjectives for this place is really, really difficult because while you are, you know, squarely in uh, the Middle East and we're, you know, splashing around quite literally on the Persian Gulf, it's a very strange feeling being, you know, in these hotels that are, I don't know, like, I feel like I'm in like the Sultan of Brunei's house, right? They're just, they're opulent and magnificent. And you're sitting, you know, on the beautiful sand where it's, you know, you feel like you could be in Saint-Tropez, but you could be in Mauritius um, and you're actually on the Persian Gulf. It, it's, you know, and you're, you're looking around and you're, you're, you're quite regularly reminded of where you are in the Middle East. Yeah, it, it is. It's really weird because there's, it feels like, you know, if Cabo in Vegas had a Middle Eastern baby, sort of, it's like you're, like you said, you're in this really luxury, it, 
Dubai is insane luxury. That's what <laughs> number one thing coming out of it. But it's also incredibly experiential. Like we went in a hot air balloon against Rob's um, desire. He's glad he did it. He didn't appreciate the 4 a.m. wake up for it. But we like we literally watched the sunrise over the desert in a hot air balloon. It was magical. Like it was magical. Even learning to ride a camel uh, I, is, is kind of a crazy experience. Like we, uh, Sophia went um, sand sledding in the, the middle of the desert. Like it was experiential now, on a whole new level. If you've never ridden a camel before, the mount and dismount is not quite as easy as you think it would be. Uh, for those of you that don't know, camels have very functioning knees and they bend. And so they will bend completely forward first or backwards, I can't remember, and then backwards. And so it's like you're, you're, you're getting off of, you know, if you watch like a hip hop video from Compton in the seventies and you see these Buicks that are bouncing up and down, that's what it feels like. You're just banging up and down. Um, but you know, you go from that conversation to- Having a gold cappuccino, a 24 karat gold cappuccino in, in the world's only seven star hotel. Exactly. So you're, so <laughs> like it's, it's, it's this mix about it. So I don't want to go too much into Dubai because I, I know you're not tuning in to hear about Dubai, but if you are someone that is interested in this sort of thing and you're someone that um, wants to get around other entrepreneurs and brainstorm, um, brainstorm new possibilities and put yourself in an environment that is going to trigger new fresh thinking because it's so different and so out of your box, um, then go check out uh, work hard, play hard, podcast.com forward slash mastermind. Because you're doing your next trip in Dubai in November of 2022. That's right, we are. Okay, commercial's over. Let's talk about what we are uh, gathered here today to talk about. Okay. Which is? So I have spent the better part of my life making visions, setting goals, and thinking of things in the future around things that A, I thought would make money, B, I thought I could do. Like and be good at. And be good at. C, something that somebody said, so, something that I witnessed somebody do and say, if they can do it, so can I. And as I'm getting older, I'm realizing that A, B, and C is irrelevant. What is relevant is the thing that is inside of you that you're interested in doing. And so I'll cut to the chase and then we'll back up. Had dinner, had uh, breakfast, sorry, with uh, a buddy the other day. And he brought up a friend of his who is a sculptor. And he comes from a wealthy family and the family was pushing him into doing uh, finance type work. And for whatever the reason, the, the millions and millions and millions that he was making in the finance world was just not ringing his bell from, from the get-go. But he did it because his dad 
wanted him to do it. He was good with numbers. He went to school for it because his parents thought, you know, you'd be good at it. He had societal pressure from people that were in his proximity who were all going off to become, you know, lawyers, doctors, hedge fund managers and things like that. And so he found himself in that world. But there was a lot of contrast in his life. And by contrast, I simply mean that there were things that were not giving him joy and he didn't want in his life. And one of those things was finance. And it didn't make logical sense because he was making money at it, providing for him and his family, et cetera. But inside he wanted to be a sculptor and that would be ridiculous for anybody in his world to say, I'm gonna go off and become a sculptor, move to Italy, which is what he ultimately did. And the punchline is that he is making more money now being a world-class, world-renowned sculptor than he was in the finance world. But that isn't even the reason to do it. Here's the reason to do it. If you're going through your day right now and you are being hit with a bunch of contrast. In other words, you walk out of your apartment and you're like, I, I don't wanna fucking live in this place anymore. Like, I don't like where I am. And you get on the subway, we'll use New York as an example or, or city similar. You get on the subway, you're like, I don't wanna be on the subway. And you get into your box at the office in a cubicle and your boss is like, here's your, here's your list of things to do today. Here's the phone, go at it and you know, go, go, go make some cold calls or, or answer the phone and you know, go sell some widgets. And you get, you get home and you crack open a six pack and, and you, know, you, you, watch, uh, you watch Wheel of Fortune or whatever, whatever's on. And throughout the entire day, you go through massive contrast. Now I'm giving you an extreme example of contrast, but there's also lighter examples. It could be that you're getting in your, you know, your beautiful BMW out of your McMansion that you're living you know, in a suburb and you're on your way into uh, the office and you're like, I, like this is, I got my graduate degree to do X, Y, and Z, but I don't love this anymore. But you stay with it because it makes quote unquote sense for you to do. I would urge you to write down all of these contrasts that are popping up and all of these things that you don't want and reverse them into what it is that you do want. Because here's the thing, at the end of the day, if you can have a vision for what it is that you want, that you truly want, where you're not living for somebody else and you're living the life that you want, things change. So not that long ago, we were living in Atlanta and not very happy with what we were doing. And through a series of a few years, we got out of Atlanta and we're now here living in Italy. And we just took this trip to Dubai. And we love Dubai. In fact, we can't wait to go back to Dubai and we can't wait to share it with our mastermind group. But the moment we landed back in Italy, even before we landed back in Italy, the moment that we got to the gate in Dubai and heard the Italians that were on the plane coming back to the motherland with us, there was a piece of us that felt happy. And there was a piece of us that felt warm and excited. And the moment we landed and we were surrounded by the Italians, we felt even happier. And then last night we went out to dinner and you know, of course it's Italy. So it was amazing wine, amazing food, everything was great. But 
it made me realize that because we made a decision to go all in on what it is that excites us, there's a deep level of joy and happiness, whether, whether we make $10 million or we make $100,000, there's a deep level of joy in where we are. Does any of that ring true for you? It does because there's, a, as you're talking, I'm thinking about how this can be applied in so many ways. Like it could be the, the job situation. It could be where you live. It could be the partner that you're currently with. It could be friends that you're keeping that don't serve your highest good. There could be so many things that are currently in your life that maybe have been there for a really long time. Like you've been in a relationship for a really long time, but it, it's not good for you. You know, it's not where you should be or you've been in friendships that are not good for you. And I think you can apply this type of... Um, this type of contrast creating clarity in any aspect of life. But I think here's where I think anyone listening right now that's going, yes, I am dealing with massive contrast and I hear you and it's resonating and I would love to shift my life into something else. It is so overwhelming to unravel the life that you've created that I think the path of least resistance is to just stay and stay in the job, stay in the marriage, stay in whatever. So it's the unraveling of, of life that makes it scary and overwhelming. And I think that prevents people from doing it. And that's why, you know, I'm so grateful to have a partner that will sit down and communicate and play stupid idea time on an idea that could literally sound like we're effing up our entire life that we built and imploding it for something else. But being able, whether, I mean, we've, we've had these conversations over where we live. We've had these conversations over businesses we've had and, you know, shifting gears and career and all of that. We've had these conversations over many things and I'm grateful to have a partner, but not everybody I realize has that same kind of partner that's on the same page. But even if they're alone, we ha I, I just feel like right now people would be listening going, but how the hell do you unwind everything? So I love what you just said because the unraveling of life prevents people to do what it is that they're called to do. It's a great line and here's why. It is, you're right, it's fucking daunting to look at unraveling your life. Let's use the uh, example of what I opened the podcast with, with the sculptor. Do you think it was easy for him in Manhattan with his wife and kids to go, hey kids, I'm gonna move to Florence and, and put my hands in clay? Like, you I'm know, gonna quit my job, put, like all the, think about that. You have an incredible income coming in. You're going to quit your job to do something that possibly would make you zero in a brand new country. 
and take your entire family with you along for the ride. Like you have to have a ride or die partner on that one, right? Like there are so many aspects of this that need to be unraveled that I think the first step, if you are really entertaining it, is playing stupid idea time and saying, okay, that what you and I did was our decision-making process, right? I think the Tony Robbins um, decision, is that what it's called? Decision-making matrix kind of is perfect for this because it when you walk through his platform, when you walk through his process, you're coming up with what you want, what's gonna be the issue. So if it's like, okay, how do I... Um, move my family to Costa Rica, okay? Something random. You move your family to Costa Rica. Okay, what are the problems that could possibly come up? What are ways to mitigate those problems? And you write all of this out. And so it, it, I think what happens is people have this emotional feeling about, I hate where I live and I wanna move, right? Or I wanna be doing something else or I don't wanna be where I am, whatever it is it's emotional. And when you remove the emotion and you get really logical and you, and you really walk through the process, and this is what Rob and I have done when we moved from Atlanta, when we were moving from Atlanta to Italy, or even trying to make the decisions to do these things, when we've um, sold our company, when we have um, started new companies, like all of these things, we walk through this decision-making matrix that helps us logically, non-emotionally, look at what are the landfalls here, or landmines, sorry, and how can we mitigate these things? And we get it all down on paper so it's not that complicated because sometimes the emotion of it keeps you wrapped in fear or overwhelm. But when you logically look at something on paper and you're like, oh, okay, so if I wanted to move to Costa Rica with my family, what would I need to do? Well, number one, I'd need a job. So I can ask my current job if I can work from Costa Rica or I can find a virtual position in another company, okay? That's how you could mitigate that. What about finances as far as moving, okay? Well, then you you mitigate those things. So when you walk through a logical decision-making process, it helps to create some clarity and show you how difficult or complex this truly, truly will be and removes the emotion from it, which is what is is triggering you to take no action. I actually want to click it up a little bit and go on a higher level because what I want to make sure is before we get too much into the weeds of how do you get there with you know decision make, making matrix and stuff like that, I'll give you a homework assume, assignment, right? So I would make a list of what are you no longer willing to tolerate in your life. Put on some Alanis Morissette, get angry, whatever gets you going and make a fuck this shit list. Like I am sick of this. I don't want this anymore. And don't, like, you know, it's so frustrating for me as a coach when I talk with people, I would almost would rather talk with somebody that tells me what isn't working in their life than when, when they tell me how amazing their life is. Because 
there's always contrast that's in your life that you no longer want to have. So the first thing I would do is I would make a list of what you're no what you no longer want in your life. What are you no longer willing to tolerate? That's it. I've had enough. I've hit threshold. I don't want this anymore. And then number two, what would you love in your life? And an easy way to do this is to think about, wouldn't it be great? There's something about that statement that's sort of non-committal in a way that your brain can handle. So it's not too far of a leap, but wouldn't it be great if, you know, like for us, wouldn't it be great when I was in Atlanta, wouldn't it be great if, you know, we were living in California in the sunshine. And then when we were in California, wouldn't it be great if we were, you know, eating, eating food in Italy and drinking wine and enjoying, you know, the, the rolling hills of Tuscany. Wouldn't it be great if our daughter Sophia went to the international school? Wouldn't it be great if we were able to like jump on a plane or a train every weekend and be able to go to, you know, another new city so easily because, you know, you're an hour away from, you know, England, Scotland, Wales, Germany, you know, whatever, one, two, three hours, something like that, right? Wouldn't it be great? So I'd make the wouldn't it, wouldn't it be great list. Then the last list is I would say, why do you want this in your life? The why behind things is super important as many of you know, but I would take it a step further and I would really get lost in this. Why do I want to live in Italy? Because I I, I want to I, I want to I want to learn Italian. I want to learn about art. Well, why else? Well, because I want to I want to have my daughter in the international school where she's connected with you know other people that are having a global vision and not just you know this sort of like Democrat Republican Independent Liberal thinking. You know, just a much you know I want I want her to go to school with people from Russia and people from the Philippines and I want her to have a worldview and why. And so I would make the why list. And then once you get the momentum going of the things you no longer want to tolerate and the things that would be great and why you want them, then you start crafting this list of, it's your list. It's like, you know, when, you know, if you've not seen the movie Soul from Disney, um, it's worth it's worth a watch because inside of all of us, we have these things that get us in the zone. The example in the movie, Disney, it was a guy that you know was in a jazz band. I have no desire to be in a jazz band at all. That's not my course, that's not my destiny, that's not what I'm interested in. Someone else could be here in Italy right now and find it maddeningly annoying. It's loud, it's difficult to get your car through the streets, the Wi-Fi sucks, the air conditioning is not great. Um, the things that you're used to in America that you can Amazon and have in two hours or 24 hours is not easy to get to. And I can make a list of all of the things that someone else coming here would say, I have zero interest. It doesn't matter. What matters is what do you want? That is hard to wrap your brain around because if, if there's something that I've called in the past premature practicality, right? And the premature practicality is like, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm good at, um, you know, numbers. So I should go into finance. I'm good at, um, you know, acting. So I should be an actress or an actor, whatever. You get the idea where you take your skill set and you just apply it into something instead of like really doing the work and going, what would I absolutely love to do? And here's where it gets tricky. Because the moment you get in touch with that, there's going to be a little voice in your head that's going to go, how the hell are you going to make money being a sculptor? You don't even know people in the sculpting world. Like, have you ever sold a sculpture before? 
Do you, have you ever had classes on how to be? And so your brain starts going, oh, I, I don't know how the hell I'm gonna do this. That's the stuff, that's where the work is. The work is getting past all of that stuff. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I think that, you know, obviously like you laid out, those steps are great. I think the reason that I brought up the decision-making stuff is because I think all of that is so emotional. And I think the emotion stops people from moving forward because I know I have people from different, you know, um, podcasts that we've done reach out and they're like, I hate where I'm living and I want a different life. And, you know, but they're not moving forward on any of that because the, the hill seems so high to climb, you know? And I think removing the emotion and breaking out the decision and mitigation strategies and overcoming that little voice that's inside, like that little voice, when, when that little voice pops up and is like, how the hell are you gonna do it? You know, loser, because you know that voice never talks to you in a kind way. It's never nice. It's never nice. Um, when that voice pops up, for me, maybe it's just because I like logic, but for me, having like the mitigation strategies, I'm like, well, this is how little voice, so shut up and go away. You know, for me, what shuts that voice up is putting it on paper and mitigating a lot of it. Because look, I think a lot of people talk about, they talk a great talk, right? And they're like, you only live once and, you know, which debatable, but anyway, uh, you only have this life once and you have to make the most of it. And they talk this great talk and they're, you know, all of this, but like, how do you actually do it? How do you actually take action on these things? How, if you are living in a life, in a relationship, in a, in a country, in a city and whatever that you don't love, the only way out, way out is to actually take action. So figure out what you want, walk through that homework that Rob gave you and then figure out where the landmines are and begin to mitigate it. You know, we'll link to the Tony Robbins decision-making process in the show notes here, but you really have to stop the, the cycle and take massive action. If a year from now, you're still complaining about the same thing, then, you know, it's time to take some action. I'll leave you with this. In the words of Marie Forleo, everything is figure outable. Everything is figure outable. All you have to do is get real clear on what it is that you want. And there's so many tools that will be out there. One of them is, is the decision-making matrix from Tony Robbins. Um, that would be a great start to help you sort through a process, but there are a million tools that can help you live the life that you're really after. The, today's lesson from my perspective is to really get in touch with you and what it is that you want, nobody else, because we are not living our life for anybody else. And frankly, who gives a shit when anybody else thinks about it? That's it, everybody. Have a great week and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. All right, thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live.